0: Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Wednesday, March 22nd. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. The Liberal filibuster is over, and the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, Katie Telford, will soon appear at the House of Commons Procedure Committee as part of its study of foreign election interference.
1: I forced the government, and I made it really clear today, they had a choice. They could stop the obstruction in, parliament, in, in committee, allow the the witness to testify, or we would support the motion.
0: David Johnson's mandate letter is released.
1: People will see uh, that there is an expert process that will dig into this in a nonpartisan way, and people can contrast this with the kind of uh, political circus that uh, Mr. Polyev is trying to generate.
0: And Liberal MP Han Dong denies allegations that he benefited from foreign meddling. Joining us is Michael Serapio, host of CPAC's Primetime Politics, Good morning, Michael.
1: Good morning, Julie.
0: So glad uh, that you could be with me today. And we have lots to talk about. Certainly, yesterday, developments on the Hill. It was very interesting to watch that the Liberals had been filibustering uh, over many committees, probably more than 20 hours, in an attempt to get Katie Telford to this procedure committee on this issue of Chinese interference. And then suddenly, they abruptly... I mean, I went to the committee. I watched it. They just... (laughs) Rolled back that filibuster, bang, bang, bang. Very interesting. What happened?
1: Uh, well, you know, uh, I, I I think, to put it uh, mildly, the prime minister was reminded that this is a minority parliament, right? Uh, and he needs, the liberals need, another party to support them, and, which, you know, basic political understanding. Uh, but, you know, I think sometimes that's forgotten because of the supply and confidence agreement with the NDP. But, of course, uh, a couple things happen on both fronts. Um First and foremost, I guess, the, the the conservative motion that was introduced on Monday. And, and Monday was this opposition day. Uh, it, it allowed the, the opposition leader to, to set the agenda. And so they put forward this motion, essentially trying to accomplish within the House what was not accomplished at committee. And that was to get Katie Telford to, to testify, including a list of uh, a whole bunch of other people to talk about China interference. And what's interesting about that motion, it would have also... Essentially, started a whole new investigation because it was shifting it over to the ethics committee uh, as opposed to the current committee that's that's looking at it. So, so there were a couple of steps in that, and and it really put pressure, uh, I guess, on the NDP and from the NDP uh, part of it. They're the ones that argued that they were actually trying to be the adults in the room, which we continue to hear from the NDP, and that they too were trying to introduce a motion. That would have actually called for a public inquiry. And in that would have been Katie Telford, but also uh Jenny Byrne, uh, to because they want to go further back than 2019, 2021. They want to go back to earlier reports and concerns about uh foreign interference, namely Russia, which goes back to Stephen Harper's time. So so they wanted to do a, a wider public inquiry. So, you know, you ask the question, what happened? Well, if you listen to the conservatives, they will tell you. It was their motion that basically got the prime minister to move on uh, on, on getting uh, getting Katie Telfer to, to testify. And from the NDP side, well, they'll they'll be the ones that say that they were the ones who finally got the prime minister to move because uh, Jagmeet Singh he had a press conference yesterday morning uh, right before the committee was going to meet, and he basically. it be known and and there there was a big question mark really monday evening what would the ndp do because if the ndp support the conservative motion of course because the the will of parliament and again this is a minority parliament this would have gone to an ethics committee it would have called on katie telford which they could do procedure uh but but nobody really knew what the ndp was going to do because of that supply and confidence agreement and and uh, jagmeet singh basically had that news conference uh, minutes before the committee was to meet and said, listen, if the the filibuster doesn't end, well, we're going to support the conservative motion. And so everything was kind of quick succession, which, you know, I I think we had an indication of it earlier because, uh, of course, we're, we're monitoring everything. And out of the gate yesterday morning, the PMO says this would not be a vote of confidence on the government. And so so we, we had indications that I guess that the government was moving. Uh, there was the motion that the Conservatives had put forward on Monday and then Jagneet Singh's news conference on early right. Tuesday morning. Right. And all of that came together to essentially mm-hmm. get Katie Telford to appear before committee.
0: Right. So and I was at that news conference and he said what he said about the procedure committee. And then we all walked over to the procedure committee and about 10 minutes later, all the liberals folded like a deck of cards on the filibuster issue. And mm-hmm. it was quite interesting. But in the end of that vote yesterday afternoon, if the NDP had voted for the motion, they would have yeah. had not only Katie Telford, but a whole bunch of other people. So, why, And it wasn't a confidence motion. They could have had a whole gang of people, including former Ambassador David McCallum, but they didn't vote for it
1: no and and that that opens up the the allegation which we're hearing from conservatives Mm -hmm. that essentially the ndp are participating uh or helping the liberals cover up details of the 2019-2021 election that the liberals don't want to get out and that that does open them up to that Mm -hmm. criticism Mm -hmm. although to hear it from the new democrats though it's like no If what we want, and every opposition party is very clear on this, and there have been a number of uh, third parties, including uh, Jean-Pierre Kingsley, the former chief electoral officer, who, who says this needs to go to a public inquiry, and the NDP argue... No, we didn't get in the way of the Conservatives from knowing the truth. We actually wanted to know the full truth. And the Conservatives got in the way of our motion, they would argue, that would have called for a public inquiry. So, so you know, classically, uh, it, it, in terms of uh, House politics, it, it divides along partisan lines and depends on right. which party you belong
0: and, to. And to follow it all is headache making. And if you're out there in the real world, <laughs> what do you have in the end? You have the fact that Katie Telford is going to show up at this committee. Sometime over the Easter break, speak for two hours. We don't know what she'll say or what she's allowed to say and so on. And then in in another parallel universe, we have the mandate letter that came out yesterday uh, for David Johnson, uh, who's the rapporteur looking into this. So basically, what's his job description and what timeline is he working under?
1: Yeah, uh, well, job description from the prime minister's arguments yesterday is to show that they are taking the, the the matter of foreign interference quite seriously and trying to take it out of partisanship. That's the argument that we're hearing from the prime minister. But in terms of what's in that mandate letter, a couple of really uh, two dates really stand out. First will be May the 23rd, because that is, as we know, uh, in addition to appointing this rapporteur, who, of course, is the former governor general, uh, the, the prime minister... Uh, Launch two investigations, internal investigations into actually what happened. So it'll be David Johnston's job to look at where the investigations are at this moment in time. And by the 23rd of May, decide if there needs to be more than these investigations, if it will satisfy the the questions being asked. And so that would include a public inquiry if he believes it is necessary. And in fact, Mm. public inquiry right inside the 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 mandate letter itself so may the 23rd the other date to look at is october the 31st because no matter what way forward he chooses um there needs to be a final report from from david johnston by october the 31st the, the letter says the end of october which of course means the 31st um which add to that when you go through the letter it says to look at the extent of not China interference, but mm-hmm. of foreign interference. Right. So really, like, I mean, in, in in a lot of ways, David Johnston has leeway here. But that's up against two really quick deadlines in terms of a in terms of deciding a way forward, in terms of uh, looking at foreign interference. How far well, back is it going to go? Because, yes, right. there's China. But we know historically there's also been questions about Russia and questions about India. And other countries as well. So, so you know, it does. How far, how deep can he go back to over the thirty-first when you talk about foreign interference?
0: Right. When you say quick deadline, you know, your teenager takes the car out, and you say, "Where did you go with it?" I'll let you know May twenty-third. I'll, I'll give. <laughs> I'll let you know if I'm going to answer the question. No, yeah. I mean, if Canadians want answers, like, what if there's a snap election? I'm just yeah, saying. And I, you know, that's that's not that quick.
1: Well, you know, and and I think those are the two competing things, right? Like, mean how. Obviously, this is a big issue over overall, but it's also a big issue in this moment. And in this moment, there's this demand for for mm-hmm. for complete information. Mm-hmm. But if foreign interference goes beyond 2019, 2021, and if what we're talking about is really protecting this country's democracy from foreign interference, is that enough of a timeline? I, I think those are, are questions to be debated. Or is this really just about these specific incidents, 2019, 2021?
0: Well, it's really, really interesting because by the time they get to it, you wonder if Canadians will have moved on to something else like pickleball. Like you have well, no idea. <laughs> anyway. The pickleball game. Well, you know, and
1: arguably, I think that's what some liberals had hoped in the beginning, but that's not what what is happening right now.
0: There's another uh, topic that we should uh, touch on with the little time we have left, but it's important. Yeah. And that's uh, one of the liberals in caucus, Han Dong, was uh, pointed out by a media report that he was... Allegedly benefiting from foreign meddling, so yesterday he came out for the first time. What did he say?
1: Well, he said it's hard. It's hard to to be at the center of this because he was centered out by the news report from Global News, uh, and you know, to be fair, Global did not name. Uh, they used a source, but they did not name that source, and so Han Dong says, "Listen, I." he denies any type of uh, uh, collusion or or mm-hmm. agreeing to any kind of support or benefit from uh, chinese officials uh, as alleged in, inside the, that report uh, that report uh, he says used anonymous and unverified and again that he says this unverified sources uh, global stands by their story and they, they, they you know they 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 do due diligence like all journalists do but from handong's perspective he say, he denies everything and he says this has been very hard and he also says he's received a lot of uh, threats including death threats so so without a doubt it has had both a professional and personal impact on him and he says right now he's just focused on being the the liberal mp for don valley north but but interesting to hear from him because no one has actually uh he was no one's actually heard from him up until this point but of course this issue has dominated parliament uh for weeks now
0: Right, right. And he and he gave a long scrum and he said it's uh, very difficult to fight back uh, against this when you don't really know exactly where it's coming from. Yeah. So yeah. maybe his case and others will get scooped up into all, you know, into what what um, the rapporteur is looking at or who knows. But it leaves a lot of people out there kind of with unanswered questions. So, Michael, this was great. Uh, thank you. <laughs> As always, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. This was Michael Serapio, uh, host of CPAC's Primetime Politics. You can watch him tonight. Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In the National Post, Tasha Carrington argues Joe Biden's visit is an opportunity for Justin Trudeau to strengthen security and shore up allies. She writes, A lot has changed in the world since Joe Biden's visit to Ottawa in 2016 as Barack Obama's vice president. Canada's relationship with the U.S. has also been transformed, and not for the better. Foreign affairs frequently take a back seat because they are not considered a ballot question. But they will shape that question on issues from immigration to national security to economics. By getting a win or two with Washington, Trudeau would score points he sorely needs at home. And help canada regain the support it needs from its allies abroad in the globe and mail stephen polas argues there is a way out as economic uncertainty abounds he writes the implosion of a couple of u.s banks and credit suisse serves as a reminder that there are many things we just don't know right now there's always a deterioration in bank balance sheets as interest rates rise but not only has the path of interest rates been highly unusual this time Our economic model histories do not include pandemic shutdowns, massive fiscal injections, seismic geopolitical shifts, or war, but promoting supply-led growth is an easy way to hedge against the risk of being wrong, while greatly increasing the odds of a soft landing as inflation declines. More accessible childcare is already having this effect, as will the completion of the Trans Mountain Pipeline and streamlining immigration processes. Other supply-enhancing policies would include making permitting faster, investing in more rail and port capacity, and harmonizing interprovincial regulations. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will attend the National Caucus meeting in question period. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will tour an electric vehicle technology company in Quebec City. She will also speak about the Canadian economy and the government's priorities heading into budget 2023. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will attend NDP caucus before speaking with the media. He will also attend question period. The Senate Committee on Foreign Affairs and International Trade will hear from former Prime Minister and Minister of Foreign Affairs, Joe Clark, as the committee continues its study on the Canadian Foreign Service and elements of the foreign policy machinery within Global Affairs Canada. And the Senate Committee on Social Affairs, Science and Technology will hear from the Minister of Employment, Workforce Development and Disability Inclusion, Carla Qualtrough. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, March 22nd. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.